Welcome to The Workplace, a podcast by Cal Chamber. I'm Erica Frank, Cal Chamber's General Counsel and Executive Vice President, and back on the podcast, Jennifer Shaw of the Shaw Law Group. Welcome, Jen. Thanks, Erica. Nice to be here as always. Nice to have you too, and Happy New Year. This is our first podcast in the new year. It sure is. And you know what's funny is when New Year's Eve came and then I woke up and it was 2021, I think I had sort of this unrealistic expectation that suddenly everything would be fixed. And I realized, oh my gosh, employers still have so much to worry about this year in terms of all these rules and all these regulations. I think a lot of us did the same thing, Jen. There's still a lot out there, but I'd like to think that there is some light at the end of the tunnel. We are you know, the, what, what has become more dominating in the news as it relates to COVID-19 is this great breakthrough that we have vaccines that are now available. And the governor of California, Governor Newsom, he's really provided a renewed focus on vaccines and distributing vaccines to California citizens. And this has definitely started to spark the interest of employers as well and has, of course, created lots of questions um, that employers may have with regards to how can their employees become vaccinated What are the parameters? Can employers even require the vaccine? And you and I have talked about this a while, and uh, this was really coming to light right before the holidays. And lo and behold, mid-December, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission issued some guidance for employers. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about where we're at with the vaccine distribution, the types of questions, Jennifer, that I know you are receiving, and what kind of information is available for employers as they start to navigate through the world of vaccines. Well, those are such great questions, Erica. And here's the thing. First of all, I think the CDC's website is such a great resource. And I know that unfortunately, that agency has been a bit politicized by just what's going on in the world right now, but they really do have incredible information. And so one of the things that I have found really useful is to have employees look at what does the CDC do to approve a vaccine? What safety measures are they taking? How are they evaluating the efficacy? I think it's important because a lot of folks don't want to get the vaccine right now. And it's really clear that even if we do have the vaccine, we're not going to have herd immunity until at least end of January of um, 2022. So it's not like all of a sudden it became January and we're good because we have vaccines. So because that is going to be such a slow process and employers still need to really be very diligent about social distancing protocols and all of that, I think it's important for employees to get the information. And one of the biggest questions for employers, of course, is do I mandate the vaccine? Because in one sense, they want to mandate it because Cal OSHA, the Department of Public Health, the governor, the president, everybody's saying, look, let's keep everybody safe. And of course, all of those folks have different views about how to do it. But the truth of the matter is, We all feel this compulsion, I think, at least many of us, to do what we can to protect everybody, not only to protect ourselves and our family, but to protect everybody else. A vaccine is a great way to do that. I got a call from my mom's doctor today that she's older, obviously, and she's going to get her vaccine tomorrow. And she is so ridiculously excited. I mean, she's like, we need to have a party. Like, I'm getting my vaccine. 
because I didn't realize as someone who's older, she's really lived with a lot of fear since last mm-hmm. March. And it's really something, you know, we've done a really good job with social distancing and that sort of thing. Um, and we follow all the mandates and all the rules, but it's still been scary. So this mandated vaccine, I think, is something that a lot of employers are going to be tempted to do. But there are problems. And <laughs> what would those problems be, Jen? Well, this is the thing, right? Number one, you mandate a, va- a vaccine. Then you have people who say, I can't do it because of my religious belief or my disability. So now you're in an interactive process um, world, which as we all know, we have to do a good faith, interactive process. We need documentation. It takes time. And if you got half of your people who say, I'm not going to get it, you're going to be in reasonable accommodation, H-E double toothpick, right. trying to get that all resolved, right? So that's reason number one. Issue number two is if you mandate the vaccine and somebody has a reaction, can you spell workers' compensation claim, right? Because now you required it at work. And so now you may have additional workers' comp liability, which I know a lot of employers are worried about after SB um, 1159 and the presumption, right? So that's another issue. A third issue is the morale implications. I have a very intelligent person um, with whom I work. She is an HR professional. She told me she believes that the two vaccines that have been approved right now, not the one that is coming out of Oxford that uses the dead virus, but the two that do this protein, this sort of new technology, she's convinced that the governor um, of all of these states, the CDC, everybody wants to do that so that they can track our whereabouts. She thinks that that's what the shot is about. Okay, and she's like a really intelligent person. She's very suspicious and I'm going to say borderline paranoid about what's going on. And if you're listening, you know who you are, and I love you, and we talked about this. The problem is you can't let that perception color your view of what's going on here, right? But the truth is many, many people are not going to feel comfortable for very legitimate reasons getting the vaccine. So do you want to create the morale issue that you're going to have by forcing unwilling people to get the vaccine. Now, obviously, a mandatory vaccine program doesn't mean you're going to drag them down to the vaccine, you know, station kicking and screaming, but they have to choose between the vaccine and a job. That's really what we're asking them to choose when we're talking about a mandatory vaccine program. So there are morale implications. There are employee relations implications. Also, if you're going to do mandated testing and you want to do it yourself, now you're going to be getting all sorts of medical documentation that you don't want. So you're going to get a third party to do that, which is going to cost more money. And then where are you going to do it? You don't want people lining up, exposing each other. So not everybody has a nice big parking lot like I have outside of my office. So there are just a lot of issues with these mandatory vaccines. There are. And I think what you touched upon in sharing your personal story is there's a lot of conspiracy theories behind the vaccine. And that goes along with the general fear that people have. And when we talk about fear and you're sharing your story about your mom, there's people living in fear of this virus of all ages. Of course, those in the higher risk categories. And then there's also people who are scared to death to get vaccinated, whether it's a COVID-19 vaccine or whether we talk about 
the flu shot. So there's a lot of, um, it's, it's a morale and a, a morality issue in some respects when yes. we're talking about um, COVID-19 vaccinations and the mandate or employers requiring it. So right now, as it stands, and we're, you know, early January here, there is no mandate for employers to provide vaccines. And where we are right now as well is there's still a hierarchy of who is able to receive the vaccine. So that's where when we were beginning this podcast, we were really talking about we're still pretty far away, but these are points to start to consider Yes. In fact, I went onto the website where you can figure out what your number might be. And I think like 7,450,000 people have to get vaccinated before I do. Right. Uh, but we've also heard news reports of, of other states and leaders in other states that are opening it up to everybody. So this yes. is, again, part of the fluid world that we live in under the pandemic. So just getting back to, as employers, we are we feel comfortable when there's guidance that we could turn to or look to for authority. And I thought what was very helpful was your discussion about the administrator of, of the vaccine. And that's something that the EEOC guidance talked about as far as they're saying, look, and it it surprised us all. um, We're going to say that, you know, vaccines are not medical examinations as we rightfully thought beforehand, but that statement doesn't give employers the ability to just go out and start issuing the vaccines because of the medical issues that you talked about. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I think it's really interesting, Erica. So here's the way I looked at what they said. If you do a medical examination under state and federal law, that examination has to be job-related and consistent with business necessity. So remember, a lot of hospitals, assisted living facilities, health clinics, they've been doing mandated testing mandated vaccines for a long time, right? You got to get a TB test. You got to get a flu shot. Like it's all, they have very um, specific long standing programs for mandating these sorts of things. And of course they have the ability to meet the job related and consistent with business necessity requirements because they're in healthcare, right? They're in a situation, school districts are the same way. The rest of us who just work in an office environment, we're not going to have the facts to be able to establish something like that. So it was very important that the EEOC said, look, we don't think it's a medical exam. What that means is it opened up for anybody, any employer to have a mandated program provided you deal with the reasonable accommodation issue. And I think that's the part that people are really missing when they read um, on social media or they hear about mandated vaccines oh my gosh, everybody will be required to get the vaccine. No, there may be people who have very um, appropriate medical and religious reasons not to do so. So it started, of course, this whole business of, you know, well, what does it mean and how much can the employer dictate and how, you know, what can we do? And, you know, it even got back to the anti-vaxxers, right, you know, who are dealing with vaccines for school kids. So, One of the things that I think is so important about what the EEOC did is they said, look, we know there may be state laws, local laws that that provide otherwise, but we're going to give you the green light as long as you do it right. Mm -hmm. And it's going to require a process and it's going to require protocols. It's going to require documentation. It's going to require employee communication. And so it's not something like, oh, I think I'll just run my team down to CVS and get them a mandated 
um, COVID-19 vaccine. It just doesn't work that way. Jen, I think that's a really important point to make um, with this very positive issue as far as having vaccines available and the distribution of it. And employers certainly should be part of the uh, PR effort, if you will, of encouraging our employees to get vaccinated similarly to, and I don't want to compare COVID-19 with the flu, but we see that with a lot of employers taking on part of their wellness program to, you know, offer flu shots or to, you know, allow for or encourage employees to do that. You know, that is certainly something that employers can do within the confines of the law and be very informative to their employees. Yes, but there is one risk there that I'm not hearing people talk about that's worrying me. If you have an incentive program and you say, anyone who's willing to go get a COVID-19 shot, I'm gonna give you $25. And I can't get the COVID-19 vaccine, right? Because of my medical issue. You better pay me the 25 bucks. That's 100% correct. Yep, and a lot of people aren't looking at it that way. You're right. That's a good point because that was not something that came to my mind, but I can see that happening as employers are encouraging their workforce to get vaccinated to lower the potential of exposure in the workplace. I think that's right. A lot to think about, Jen. Now, as of the date of this podcast, California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing, they have not yet released any guidance on COVID vaccines. And Kalosha on their workplace FAQs uh, regarding their emergency temporary standards, uh, they just address it to the extent that they say that if your employees are vaccinated, you still have to follow the workplace safety standards at the moment. So again, really pressing upon the fact that this is going to be our new evolving uh, workplace issue related to COVID-19 pandemic. That's right. And I think it is so important right now for employers to just stay tuned. You know, there are so many great resources out there. This podcast is certainly one of them. You guys do a great job and they need to remain educated. You know, it's just critical. We cannot just close our eyes and click our heels. You know, it's just not going to happen. Well pointed and well said, and I'm just so excited to be able to kick off the podcast with you today, Jennifer, and talk about this emerging issue, and I'm sure we'll be back again for part two. Yes, we will. I think that we're going to see a lot of municipalities coming up with local rules, even if the state doesn't. Oh, gosh, that's even a whole nother. I know. (laughs) That just makes me even more... Oh, I don't even want to think of the locals because they already have so many of their own COVID-19 related workplace rules, which hopefully all of our listeners are aware of and and are checking and inquiring with their local health departments as we are still moving through this, this time period. Well, thank you again, Jen, for joining us on The Workplace. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining. Please comment, share, and subscribe to Cal Chambers podcast by visiting calchamber.com. 